Welcome back to A Fresh Story, the podcast where we have conversations about brave decisions to start over again. I'm Jenny. And I'm Olivia. And we're so glad you're here today. Hello, 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 sister. How are you? I am good. How are you doing today? I'm okay. We had uh, some meetings this morning and the sun is shining and it's one of those days in New York in the summer that is rare, that it's just like beautiful weather. It's not like disgusting, sweaty, need to like stop and take a breath every three seconds weather. It's unreal, the expectation of how hot it gets in New York. And then like I think about how I used to take the subway into work. And, like, how did a person – that's just insane. Like, you had to walk to a subway, then walk upstairs sometimes, and then be on the subway, which hopefully was cool. It was just awful. I don't miss it. I know. I remember back to the days in my 20s when I would, like, run up and down the subway stairs, like, wearing – I don't even know, like, flip-flops and, like, like, it was so hot. anymore. No, I'm not. I need full shoes and like sitting inside an air conditioned room. Yes. Um, Hard agree. So yeah, we were so excited. So let's about this guest. So Molly McPherson is like a staple in the community of like public She's relations. A celebrity. She is a TikTok community of PR is what yeah. she is. We both watched her on TikTok and we loved her. We loved her takes on things. She's also like brilliant and like we i feel like we both learned a lot from her mm-hmm. i constantly um, learned from her her tiktok videos where she breaks down pr strategies like have taught me so much about honestly because we've talked about this olivia like so much of your life is pr you don't even realize mm-hmm. that like not that it's public re- well it is public relations but it's about spin so much of what like life is about spin and about perspective and how to sell things to people um and so i think that like when we have we as humans have little dramas that we have to address, apologize, walk back our words. Um, Molly's videos are really helpful for that. They are. And she went through her own uh, divorce and her Mm -hmm. own kind of like um, interesting story, which we were really honored that she shared with us because she does not talk about it a lot. And we just had the best time. Like she is so professional and beautiful and wonderful. And we were really, really honored to have the the time with her because she is a busy, busy lady. So uh, I know you're going to enjoy this episode with Molly. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe to a fresh story so that we can keep telling fresh starts stories. Molly McPherson is a nationally recognized expert in crisis public relations in the age of social media. She is the author of the book, Indestructible, Reclaim Control and Respond with Confidence in a Media Crisis, and is a well-known pop culture and PR expert on TikTok. Molly helps organizations manage issues from emerging to crisis by combining her knowledge of current communication practices with years of media and crisis management experience. In addition to hosting the podcast, the Indestructible PR Podcast with Molly McPherson, she frequently speaks to executives and organizations about communication trends, crisis communications, and public relations. Through her experience in FEMA's 
Office of External Affairs during post-Hurricane Katrina efforts and as Director of Communications for the Cruise Line International Association in Arlington, Virginia, Molly created a proven public relations framework for responding to a public backlash both online and in the press. On a personal note, Molly is the mom of four wonderful children, now all young adults. She prioritizes her relationships with her kids by cheering them on at their hockey games, soccer games, and theater events, as well as attending family events at their schools and universities. Molly enjoys running and is currently training for a half marathon. What I would like to know, Molly, is when do you sleep? <laughs> I sleep every night like a rock. I'm okay. sure you do. Well, we're so excited. So I, we both, with a lot of our podcast guests, we kind of individually come across these mm-hmm. people on TikTok. And then we're like, yeah. we come to each other and we're like, we got to get this person on the podcast. Yeah. And then our friend Donna Bowling was like, you know, you got to get Molly. So, um, Oh, We're Donna, very, yes. Donna that's the connection. We have, yes, mm-hmm. that's we have connection. Donna to blame for this podcast. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. So Donna, Donna's yeah, the, best. the best. So, um, you know, we come from a background in marketing and, and social media and all that stuff. And so kind of have become over the years, de facto PR-ish things for some of our clients and and then we have the personal, you know, we're we're so interested in kind of personal PR with people and like the way yeah. people show up on social media. So when we got the chance to talk to you, Molly, we're really excited. So thank you for being here today. Oh, I'm thrilled. And let me tell both of you, you do an amazing job on your own PR. Oh, thank you. We have to say, we do have the amazing Beth Booker. She is our publicist and she has carried it. She's the best. Hiring her was the best, best, best decision. Yeah. Um, but I do think, you know, our marketing, we bring, she always tells us we're her, you know, very good clients and we're good writers. <laughs> she told us today we were good writers. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. You, you all are doing it. And that's, yeah. I know yeah. Donna was a part of it, but I mean, I yeah. certainly see your presence online. Thank oh. you. I see it. I see it on Twitter. I mean, that's where I yeah. see it a lot. And you all yeah. do an amazing job. Thank you. It, t- it takes thank a team. You. It really takes it really team. does. Yeah. yeah. But hiring a publicist, we had no idea what it meant when we did it. Like I, I kind of had some idea, but it's so all encompassing and it's such a close relationship. Olivia and I always say like, no wonder people have the same publicist for their entire career. Yeah. Yeah. It's really because they're part therapist too. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Therapist, like everything. I yeah. mean, it's like, it's like Olivia, my fiance, Beth, like those are like my top three. <laughs> It's very close relationship. How are you doing today, Molly? I'm fantastic. I mean, it's lately, I will say that I have a number of clients who are kind of going through it. So Mm. March, I'm now, you know, designating is the month of uh, crisis, apparently, but (laughs) it's all good. Hey, I mean, I'm in a good business for March right now. So things are going well. That's awesome. Well, why don't you take us back to the beginning of your fresh start story? Oh, (laughs) As she exhales, (laughs) I'm on the edge of my seat. There's something in my work as someone who works in public relations and Mm -hmm. crisis communication where I I specialize it. And particularly when you're online, and both of you know this, Mm -hmm. you have to put yourself out there. That's a part of the magic and the authenticity of, of having social media work for you. And you have to be very open uh, about who you are and you need to be relatable. A challenge that I have every day, and it's almost uh, an hypocrisy here, is that I am projecting someone who comes across as trying to be uh, knowledgeable on a topic, Mm -hmm. like I have it all together. Um, I'm constantly counseling other people through their issues, yet I have navigated a crisis that has brought me to my knees. 
and has, and the only thing that really sustains you is this love that you have for your children Mm -hmm. and you keep this resilience there for your kids. Um, and it all happened for me, which many people the same is during the pandemic. So I would Mm -hmm. say the fresh start story for me was I was in, you know, new Orleans. I was, uh, in March, 2020, speaking on stage, talking about reputation management, crisis management. Uh, and when I flew down to New Orleans, the airports, airports look fine. When I was coming back, everyone's in masks. Mm-hmm. I come home. Within a week, my husband was out of the house. Wow. And I was on my own with four kids and also working as a public speaker and, a, mm-hmm. and someone who trained people in person. So I lost my marriage and my business in a matter of weeks. And my sanity was a little further down the road, but it was quite a time. So that's really when my, it sounds like a a rotten um, beginning, but it really was a fresh start because it changed everything for me. Yeah, we always say that like fresh starts beget other fresh starts, right? They do. Mm -hmm. So what did you- The pandemic definitely was like a reset button for everybody, everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. those of us with in-person, you know, public jobs like that. I got separated um, right before the pandemic, and I don't think I would have lasted the pandemic. So I <laughs> no. very much understand that. So what was that like, like that moment? Now, your children were teenagers then? Yeah, and I, I, it was really awful because I had a senior, a senior mm-hmm. daughter. So mm-hmm. class of 2020, uh, class of 2021 daughter. And then I had twins and who are sophomores. So I had four kids in three years. And what defines our family is we were a military family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we bounced around my whole career. And I'm not as transparent about that. But the reason why I had the career that I had is because I had to follow someone else around. Right. I had to acquiesce, you know, my yeah. career and my needs and, you know, for someone else's in support of someone else's, you know, which was fine. Um, but it, it was a, it was a challenge. And even the marriage was a challenge for a very, very long time. And like a lot of women, you just say, I'm going to tough this out. You know, we have kids, I'm just going to tough this out. And then a day comes when you no longer are going to tough it out. No, no. So you mentioned you lost your career pivoted and your, your marriage ended. I imagine having created your career in lieu of your husband's career Mm -hmm. and having been a wife, and a mother of kids that were really jam-packed in those three years. I yeah. don't know how you did that. Um, I imagine there was a huge loss of identity there. Uh, there was a huge loss of identity. Yeah. And I did not have one. My identity was a spouse of someone else and someone yeah. else's success. And I don't want to paint it as all negative. There are certainly positive aspects mm-hmm. of being in a military family. Uh, my kids are, you know, military brats and they mm-hmm. had to, you know, bounce around a bit. Uh, my daughter is now in a service academy, you know, so she continues, uh, her, you know, her role in, in, you know, in fighting for our country. And I'm very, very proud of her. She's still uh, in school right now. And there's a lot of benefits, travel people who I met, you know, it wasn't all bad, but it, it, but there's something about military spouses for me. I have a soft spot in my heart for them because we have to do so much mm-hmm. for our families and moving and yeah. and the service that we were in we did not have a lot of community so i was 
on my own. But uh, I was fortunate to get some jobs, you know, due to where I lived, Washington, D.C., you know, mm-hmm. being a big part of it, mm-hmm. two really big and really good meaty, meaty Washington, D.C. jobs that I never would have received had I not been in um, that marriage um, and had a lot of kids in <laughs> a very quick amount of time. <laughs> um, but what came from that is, you know, I've always worked in uh, media, journalism, public relations, public affairs. I've always worked around that. The magic of what happened is learning that crisis communication and public relations is all about human relations. Yeah. yeah. And if you go through a personal crisis, there is no one more qualified and skilled to manage a corporate crisis or a professional crisis. Yeah. My fresh start is my business. I've been a consultant for many years, a public speaker, a trainer. My business took off. And because of that divorce, right? Because mm-hmm. I learned everything from lawyers and accountants and therapists. I thought, how is this any different than the, than my, the, what I'm providing for my clients? Right. It's no different. And so when people hire me for crisis communication work, I always come in, I wear a hat as a communicator, but I'm really a therapist. And yeah. we talk about the human behavior and the dimensions, because I'm sure both of you might understand this. I can spot deception like nobody's business. Yep. I can break down that stuff. I can break down gaslighting. I can break it down. And that everything that happens in a divorce happens in a public relationship. So I love that. It's mm-hmm. so true. It's so true. And I feel like for me, I went through this, like, you know, kind of everything blows up you go through kind of a dark time and then when you kind of emerge from that you see the world in a completely different new way right Mm -hmm. nobody ever looks the same again like you said you can spot deception I mean I can spot things a mile away I can tell you if a marriage is going to last or not I can tell you if a business is going to last or not Mm -hmm. all of those things right so take us back so how did you get into your career in the first place yeah. So, um, you know, like I mentioned, I, you know, I've always worked in some aspect of the media. My first, so what it really goes back to is in Boston, I went to Boston university for a graduate school. I, I took a pivot and applied to the FBI. I wanted to be an FBI agent. You would be this a very good what, agent. I could see that. Right. Yeah. Oh, I totally mm-hmm. could see that too. Yeah. I could totally mm-hmm. see that too. Yeah. I really wanted to do that. I've always loved crime. I, two things I loved as a kid, crime and news. Those are the two mm, things that I loved. Um, and I applied and I, and I got all the way to the end. I passed the test. I was just waiting to get uh, appointed, but it was during the time, I don't know if you saw the movie with Johnny Depp, Black Mass about um, Whitey Bulger, everything that happened in Boston. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the Boston uh, field office for the FBI was in, I had a, a little bit of a corruption problem, but um, because I got married to someone in the military, I had to move. And so my, that, my application, you know, was, you know, was gone then at that point because we were moving. So I had to start over mm. and I had to start my new start. I'm not even calling it a fresh start is I had to find work, you know? And my first job that I got hired was at C-SPAN. I'm like, okay, here's my media job. And I was told, no, that's not enough money. You don't want to do that. That's, you know, kind of beneath Mm -hmm. us type of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I eventually ended up working for the cruise line industry as a director of communications, which was a fantastic job. You know, director of communication at that time, I was creating the the very first website, uh, writing a crisis plan for cruise lines back in that time. Uh, they had a, it was the first neurovirus. So I was writing a virus type of a crisis plan. <sighs> it was also 9-11. I was in Washington, DC uh, when 9-11 happened. 
um, I was, you know, I was on a train, I was in the Metro coming under the Pentagon when it was oh on fire God. still going home. So all these iconic moments that happen, I'm really kind of like a Forrest Gump of communication. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, I really am. I started grad schools when we were the first class to have an email. And, and then when I worked for FEMA is when social media started to percolate. Mm. And I knew then that social media was going to be a big part of communication mm. and reputation management. Yeah. And when I was at FEMA, I came up with this idea of, okay, everyone hates us after Hurricane Katrina. What if we went out and found our stakeholders who love us and I film it and then we put it online. And that was the start of their social media program there. And I was offered the job to run social media for FEMA. It would have been the best job, the pinnacle of my career. And I had to leave it because of a transfer, you know? And so it's that sacrifice. Mm -hmm. But from that, you just, you take those hits and I would not be where I am today if those things didn't happen to me then. Right. So I can absolutely see the benefit that came out of it. There's a, there was a lot of good that came mm -hmm. out of yeah. it, but it was, it was rough <laughs> too. Yeah. That's a lot to like, yeah. you know, we talk to a lot of people who kind of are at the top of their career and then like something else happens like in their family or their mental mm -hmm. health and things take a major pivot. So when did you have all, all of these beautiful children that you have? <laughs> uh, so all these uh, beautiful children, they are 2002, 2003 and 2004, 2004. Okay. So they were, it was boom, 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 boom. And they all came at once um, because they're, uh, and I was just one of those women who believed, oh, I'll have a baby at this date and then I'll have a baby at this date. Like I thought it was so easy and it turned <laughs> out for me, <laughs> it was, and they all came at once. And I thought, because, you know, their father was much older, I thought timing wise, might as well do it yeah. all at once and we'll become a pack. And, oh my gosh, I love my kids. They are, oh my gosh, they're just the best. You know, they, they keep me young and old at the same time. <laughs> I love that. So you have your kids and you're working while they're young. Yeah. I'm, I'm on and off. I mean, there's mm -hmm. a time when we were living in Cape Cod and I wasn't working. I was home essentially by myself. You know, my mm -hmm. spouse was underway. So yeah. I was home alone with four kids under the age of two. I mean, it was. Wow, Molly. I mean, yeah. So there's probably a lot of trauma response back there, <laughs> uh, PTSD, but um, it all of that has really created a very strong, resilient person right now. Yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. see that. And I feel like you have to be to be in like crisis PR to be so strong and resilient because I don't think I could hack it very well. I think I would cry a lot. Um, so I imagine you have to be super tough and, and know that it's not about you and like, you know, so much of raising children is like, that's not about me either. So I, I feel like it all tracks. Well, it's a good point that you're bringing up is, you know, how you can wear it. Like you wear other people's pain. It's so yeah. easy to wear yeah. your kid's pain, yeah. yeah. but when you're working for someone else, you don't wear their pain, they're wearing it you can come in to help. So you have, yeah. you have this beautiful position where I love talking them off the ledge. Tell, cause I'm a counselor. It's a yeah, communication yeah. counselor, yeah. but I'm going to talk you off the ledge. I'm going to tell you it's going to be fine. And yeah. I'm going to give you a solution. It may not be the one that you want right now. And I right. may have my job cut off, cut out for me right. to convince you to do it this way. Right. Um, but that's what I like. I love being a communication therapist, if you will. It's, it's, it's really so rewarding. True. It's so true. So the pandemic happens. 
what is that like? I mean, your your kids are all virtual schooling, I assume. Mm-hmm. You're trying to figure out your career. What is like a the day-to-day and the household like? And uh, you have your daughter that's a senior in high school who loses her prom and everything like that. I just want to also follow up with that. I see now I want to cry because it was it was so awful. So I had a child who was away at prep school. So she okay. was, you know, uh, all my kids are athletes. Um, she was a big hockey player. And um, and so she was away. And then all of a sudden she was home. Mm. And uh, on the one hand, I loved having her back. But this was lacrosse season that mm-hmm. was gone. Her prom was gone. Because it was a prep school, yeah. her friends live all over yeah. the country. So that, and she was trying to figure out college. She was going to one school to play a sport and then everything changed. And I think the pandemic changed for her because I think she chose a service academy because now she's worried about jobs. She's worried about yeah. her family going through a divorce mm-hmm. and worried about her family's finances. Mm-hmm. And to this day, she won't admit it. I think she chose what she chose. She fell on the sword for her family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oldest daughter. Oldest, oldest daughter. daughter. Yep. Total yeah. oldest daughter. And then my next daughter, who is a junior going into senior, tremendous athlete, president of her class, just all around, was robbed of everything. You know, yeah. she, this was her chance to be the senior. There, her soccer team won the state <laughs> tournament the night be, the year before. This was her big year, middle child. Yeah. I could not wait to experience the middle child. Yeah. <laughs> he lost all of it. Yeah. And, and lost all of it. And then my twins, uh, you know, they were going through it too. So in addition to going through the divorce, we also moved. I mean, we had the big house. We had, mm-hmm. we had it all. We had a screening room. The kids mm-hmm. had the house of houses and I downsized into a much smaller house during the pandemic. Um, and then I had my, you know, my wonderful dog in that as well. And to top it off, I was writing a book. So I was on deadline. So oh my it, gosh. it was a nightmare, but the beauty that came out of it was just the time with my kids was a gift that yeah. I never would have had at that time. I needed, I needed my kids and I needed my dog. Yeah. I very much get that. Cause when you go through a divorce, I found like with me, you want to go back to the person you were before you went through the divorce, but you have this added thing that now there's children in your life. <laughs> and I remember, I mean, my boys slept in bed with me for months. I mean, they were very little, but it was like, you just want to like hunker down with your kids mm-hmm. and say like, yeah. let's just get through this. So I, I really relate to that. So where did TikTok come into all of this? You know, TikTok came in um, during the pandemic. I was a lurker, you know, at best. And I found myself definitely getting sucked into it. There's no doubt, you know, during the pandemic, but there was just one day where I thought if I'm someone who claims to be uh, communicate, have communication expertise in social media and managing a crisis, I can't say this without being on TikTok. Mm-hmm. So I decided to jump in on my account and, you know, I, tr- I tried to make it as private as possible. You know, I had no consideration for how I looked. I was wearing a very nice high-end sweater that naturally made me look like I was 50 pounds heavier. Um, no thought to lighting, makeup, you know, none yeah. of it. Um, but I did a couple posts, tried to figure out how it worked. And the day, and like you, I'm probably, you hear this all the time. The day of your last post, when you say, this is not worth it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I looked at it, I went to bed and I looked at it and I woke up and it had like 60 views. And I said, forget it. I'm, I'm going to go down. I'm going to run on the treadmill. When I come up, I'm deleting TikTok and I'm going to be done with it. <laughs> but when I came up is when I put on my readers and I realized it wasn't, it wasn't 60. It was like 6,000. Oh like, my God. Oh, 
I see. Okay. I see how this works. And then you start to pick up the algorithm, mm-hmm. you know, you just take time with it. And you realize, oh no, no, this is my, this is my space. And the reason why it, it took me a while, but the reason why I like it, which going back to just being a Gen Xer, we are the broadcast television generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are the we are the generation that loves video, that understands it. And I thought, no, this is my perfect medium. And so from that, I just got better. I mean, it was definitely rough, but I just followed other people and just found my voice, which is just yeah. helping people uh, through explaining other crises that other public uh, figures. Yeah. Were. I love when you break down people's apologies. Like, I love it. Cause I think it's so fat. Like it's so fascinating. It's all about connection or how they're missing connection. And it's just, it's such a fascinating thing. And I've definitely like learned a lot from the way that you break down apologies. Oh, well, thank you. And it's hard because I don't want to be the person who deems an apology, you know, good sure. or bad, you know, I'm far from perfect myself and, and far from written the best apology, but this framework that I created around this idea of indestructible PR mm-hmm. was born from the cancel culture when people would just be canceled, sometimes mm-hmm. deservedly so, but other times people would just mobilize and decide you're done. It's your time and we're going to yeah. get rid of you. So I, I analyzed it within an inch of my life. I was so fascinated by it because it was a crisis online. And then I started to notice, okay, what gets someone through it? What are they mm-hmm. saying? What are they mm-hmm. doing? And then I mix it with therapy that you mm-hmm. learn through divorce. Um, yeah. And it's this idea of what happens in so many divorces where you have some people who own everything. Yeah. And many times there's a spouse who refuses to own anything. Uh And when they don't own up to mistakes and problems, then problems continue for them. So it's this concept of own it, explain it, promise it to, in order to get through anything, you have got to own up and admit or acknowledge or apologize, whatever it is to what happened. And then people will, will then put you in a different place where they'll listen to the reason Mm -hmm. why it happened and then more likely to forgive you. So it's this formula yes but it really is a human process that you're bringing people to and i have yet to see the formula not work and you can use it anywhere so i'm always looking for it in these public statements i was gonna say too is that something you taught your children about apology oh my poor kids they (laughs) they have to listen to all my mollyisms um out there but yeah my kids and i know both of you can relate to this too yeah what suddenly became a priority in my family was um, character. Everything is about character now because yeah. the kids will come home, whether it's sports or school or teachers, whatever it is, we judge a person by their character. Yeah, People make mistakes all the time. Mm-hmm. What did they do after that mistake? Yes, right. uh, so that's what they're hearing about. So yeah, they hear this framework in different stories, but yeah, my kids, my poor young ones, you know, the last <laughs> two are at home. We talk about it all the time, but I like the message. It's about, yeah. it's the golden rule. You know, yeah. you just be a decent person. Everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. Everybody does, but not everybody owns up to them. I quote this maybe on every podcast. I figure out a way to mention it, but 70%, I think Dr. Becky said, and I might be wrong. This might not be her statistic, but 70% of relationships, good relationships, good parent-child relationships, good romantic ones are rupture. So, so much of relationships are about how you repair and what you're talking about is repair, right? So you have to learn how to own it, explain it and, and promise it. Right. And that's, 
that that's kind of what it comes down to. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. There's a rupture and then you have to repair. Oh, I, I like that. Yes, and absolutely. Exactly. And you're going to rupture more than you're not going to rupture. And so you better find a way to, like you said, what are you going to do next after you make the mistake? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I really exactly. love, I love that you have found a way to blend kind of this um, passion of yours from early, you know, when you were younger, right? And mm-hmm. pop culture and social media and history with what you're doing for work. How did that kind of come together? And I, I feel like you're at this like pinnacle of everything you're supposed to be doing right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, w- without a doubt. And I was just telling my daughter Quinn this the other day, we were talking about um, college and she wants, she's going to journalism school. So she wants to be a journalist. So she wants to go into the um, least paid uh, profession out there and go to the <laughs> highest school, you know, tuition to do it. Um, but I was explaining to her about that sweet spot. Yeah. So if you go to a bar and yeah. if you could talk about uh, what you talk about at a bar yeah. with your friends or sitting around with wine and you yeah. get paid to do the same thing, it's yeah. fun. So something I was telling my daughter about looking at a profession down the road, because mm-hmm. kids, when they're 18, they just think about, I want to be this when I grow up still. Right. right? Oh right. And, and I was telling her, there's such a journey. And I said, oh, Quinn, this is where I started. Here I am now. I said, but there's two types of jobs, right? There's jobs that are just here where mm-hmm. you have to learn something. It's accounting. It's whatever right. it is. Right. You just do the job. But if you can find a job here in your heart yeah. Yeah. that you just love, I said, now you've been blessed. Don't worry about money. Don't worry about anything. Yeah. It will mm-hmm. find its way. And I yes, said, you yeah. are looking at a walking case study right in front of you, you know, with yeah. your mother. So yeah. that's what I like imparting. I really on all four of my kids, they have all heard it before. I love that. Have there been any pop culture, like uh, PR things that you've covered that just really made you crazy? And you were like, I can't stop thinking about this. Well, the one that really coincided with the whole TikTok piece of it was in the influencer world that really had a mark in my job. And that was um, Rachel Hollis and mm-hmm. and Dave Hollis, mm-hmm. because, you know, here she was such a popular um, yeah. motivational speaker. She came from even, you know, the Christian world, the female mm-hmm. world, the military spouse. I mean, mm-hmm. she's really, really big. And I'm always fascinated when people can cultivate a base. So whether it's mm-hmm. a president, you know, Donald yeah. Trump mm-hmm. or Rachel Hollis, but then to see an act happen, a rupture, if you will, yeah. Jenny, mm-hmm. and then how, and then what they do, like what caused it to fall and then the mobilization and then yeah. what did they do to repair it? So why I was so fascinated by her is because her rupture happened on TikTok, which mm-hmm. fascinated me. She had this huge following. Mm-hmm. Then they got divorced the same mm-hmm. time I did the same mm-hmm. time. So that's why I was so interested in what they were doing. Cause now they're separately online trying to create a new brand yeah. online. Yeah. Okay. So it completely synced with what I was doing though. I wasn't that public about it. Right. Yeah. So I'm on the Reddit thread. I'm watching it on TikTok. Her whole fall on, uh, on TikTok. I saw that like firsthand. And I said, oh, this is going to be interesting <laughs> and watching it. So the reputational fallout that happened, but it models so much of my job too, because mm-hmm. I deal with clients who have groups that mobilize against them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I found them interesting. particularly interesting, but also I went to TikTok to talk about them. And there are a lot of people just like me. And so those were the first videos that I had that tended to, you know, that went quote unquote viral, yeah. right? but that's why I got my footing. My starting was real. My start was really because of them. I think she's so interesting on so many levels, but she spent 
the whole beginning of her career sort of like gathering people to her and then push pushing seeing how far she could push them right like of sort of being like girl wash your face you like being fat is like your fault kind of thing yes. and, and and so it was like this constant thing of like gathering you that and then how far can I push you that you're still gonna agree with me and I think she just thought like they're gonna agree with me I've always pushed it and I pushed it and I pushed it and I've said these things and I don't think she had any idea I mean obviously she didn't have any idea that yeah. what she was saying was gonna be controversial <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's understandable. They were so popular, but yeah. And like so many other influencers of that time, they became popular at a very specific time in yes. social media that allowed them to do it. Yeah. But when you deal with your PR rupture, Jenny, I almost have to steal that now. I love that. It's rupture. not mine. It's, it's uh, the okay. world. It belongs to the universe. <laughs> um, but now when you have this rupture happen in a different yeah. time, when more people are justice minded, like yeah. it's really the yeah. injustice that yes. bothers them so yes. much. And when you mix in social media and commentary and the algorithm, mm -hmm. it's almost impossible to survive it if you don't take ownership. And to this day, she hasn't, no. which is why I think she's still struggling. It's so interesting too, like talking about divorce for a second, just in terms, I'm fascinated with just regular people and social media and divorce. Cause we don't talk about this a lot mm -hmm. yeah. when a divorce happens, right? Yes. Um, what the people are sharing on social media and how to read into all of that. Mm -hmm. And do you, having gone through your own divorce now look at social media differently and people's relationships differently? Oh, Olivia. I think there could be the best book ever or how to guide. And I don't even know if you, you, you two probably have done this. How do you navigate social media in a divorce? Yeah. Because you split property, mm -hmm. you have to, you know, you have to navigate life, but yeah. you know, at least for me, you have people you've known for decades together, mm -hmm. you have family and they, yeah. and this, this community is mostly online now and that's yeah. where it lives. And I found that following the friends and family of my ex was so triggering for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And because I was going through a situation where it was complicated, it's yeah. the, the stress did not end with the divorce. So right. I'm Most, still, and by the way, it. that's very typical. Most yeah, divorces. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I am not surprised at all, but yeah. there were legal issues that I still deal with to, to, to this day. Yeah. And I had to make the decision, the painful decision. I had to just unfollow all of these people who I've mm -hmm. known, you know, for decades and family, yeah. and it was hard. And I did write that email saying, you know, either you're still family, you're still friends, whatever it is, but I just have to make this split on social media. And that I think is such a niche, unique little pocket of divorce, but it's huge. <laughs> yeah, It's yeah. huge. What do you do? And it's hard. And even today, like I found out someone who I've known forever, who I, you know, a friend who you lose in the divorce, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, the husband, you know, blocks you. And so you have right. to, you know, yep. you know, and I found out someone was very ill and I had no idea Yeah, someone who I knew very well. And that's, that's the sad part of it too. It's, it's not easy. It is. It's a it whole, not. it's a whole lifetime. You know, I, I just saw there was an article out that was called like, everybody's getting divorced, like celebrities now. Yeah. And meaning that we all like sort of release these press releases. And I, for one felt, you know, I was supposed to be a, I was supposed to get married in May, 2020. And so my wedding, much like your oh! second daughter. So I had the same oh, experience, which I was like, I'm the second daughter. It's finally my time. It's my moment. I'll be yeah. the bride. Um, Canceled. But then we ended up breaking up in June, 2021. Everybody knew that we were planning to get married, right? I didn't make like an engagement post because that's not my style, but I posted that we were getting married. Like, you know, yeah. you, your social media, um, I curate my social media. 
And so I was like, well, I don't want people asking why I'm living in this house by myself. What's going on? I haven't seen Andre in the field, you know, your feed in a while. So I posted, I like put, took a picture of myself in my new house. And I said, you may have noticed I have moved into this house by myself. And I basically did a press release because I was like, I don't want to answer this question a thousand times. I want people to share the post and then be done with it. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, see now brilliant that you did that. You're thinking like a PR person. (laughs) Me, I, I just burrowed in never wrote anything. All of a sudden it's different when you have kids too. It's different when you have kids. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it is different because there's their privacy. Oh, yeah. but also what added to this too is my son was diagnosed with type one diabetes, oh. which was a huge trauma with really this scary thing. Yeah, I had to manage that on my own. That mm-hmm. we had to do it on our own, and um, and so all this is happening on social media as well. But I'm but there's just like little moments yeah. of it. Yeah. But even now, it's like it's been two years of just me with the kids, all of a sudden, just someone's gone, you know, and, but I, I didn't announce it. I didn't release it. (laughs) And it takes, you know, DMS and people are like, what's going on. I could talk about divorce and social media literally forever because (laughs) it's it's so fascinating. And the other side of it too, which I am obsessed with is watching people interact, especially with fresh starts because we're divorce centric, though we're not just divorce. Yeah. We've had so many influencers and people who have refused to work with us mm-hmm. because they're so afraid of their character being associated with anything with divorce. Oh, and it's yeah. fascinating. And you know what? Oh, nine, nine times out of 10, those people will go on and announce their divorces. There are yeah. some big influencers. In a couple of months. Oh, uh-huh. interesting. So that's it's what's fascinating. at play there. Yeah. Oh, so I, and I can tell, I can tell, and you probably too, Molly now can, can tell what's happening in some random person's relationship just by the, yeah. the words that they use on social media. So Very one fit. of the scripts, it's- one of the scripts we have is when your friend is being attacked on the internet, that's something you can just say to them, like, you know, Hey, turn off your computer, right? We have a script for that. What do you recommend if you, if you're a regular person and some shit's going wow. down and you're being attacked on the internet, what's just like a really, like, if it was a friend of yours, what would you recommend to them to do? Well, it depends. I mean, that's how I run my business now. It's yeah, people right. panic. It's, you know, I have, I do hourly consulting. That's something that else smart. that came out, uh, um, you know, just from this whole cancel smart and TikTok because people are all of a sudden, it's in the hot, yeah. yes, bright light. And I get a lot of people in who are in, you know, <laughs> name brands. I or name brands, but names you would recognize yeah, if I yeah. if I were to name them right now. Um, and they need to do that repair. So what happens personally, like in a town or on the local Facebook, is a lot different than if you're a right, celebrity. Right. But let's say something goes off the skids personally. Uh it's it's probably a different formula. And I I can't even believe that I'm saying this, but Going dark sometimes is the best thing because you're sending a message to everyone. You're starting to manage the expectation that there's nothing to see here. Like Mm. I, this is not going to play out because we know we love drama, you know, (laughs) we love drama on Facebook, don't we? Um, But if someone does something wrong, uh, sometimes I think it's just the actions in real life is more important. Mm -hmm. You know, what are you doing to repair that to the people who, you know, in person, Mm -hmm. and then that will eventually spill out. But when something local buddies, whatever, Mm -hmm. sometimes when it is, uh, happening online, it kind of diminishes the effectiveness of it because then it's not real. So maybe it's just put the phone down and go do something. And maybe that would change minds and ideas and and perception. So hundred percent. 
you have such an amazing personality and energy like truly like you you are just and you're so strong and that comes through like in everything that you say and do what is coming up for you because like there's got to be some big things in the pipeline for molly oh my gosh you uh i love this interview um <laughs> well i what is coming up for me i i don't know i mean in a couple months i'm going to be an empty nester and i have been buried for 21 years. I mean, I've been in a hole for 21 years, you know, just trying to get through whatever yeah. metaphor I'm either in a hole or the water <laughs> is like right There's under something. my nose. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, I have had a hard, yeah. hard run. Yeah. So I already know I'm um, taking vacation. Good. I know I'm Good. taking a break. I just talked to someone today, someone else who went through divorce and he and I were both saying we don't have it in us, you know, to be in this very, very serious relationship in life because I'm still going yeah. through it, you know, right yeah. now, but I just, and we were saying, let's just, you know, have fun. So that fun is going to be around Bruce Springsteen in the future. But anyway, um, <laughs> Always. I do have, like, I want, someone did approach me about a television program, That's um, you know, yeah. Like based, uh, you know, on me that got, you know, that, that got to definitely a pitch stage, but I was not ready for that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And part of that was just for privacy, re you know, reasons, because yeah, I would have to address yeah. other things. Yeah, I would love to write another book based on what I do on TikTok. So that's something mm. I'm probably angling for right now, but I want to speak now. Now I want to get back on the road. I'm not a home. I'm not, I don't need to be at home anymore. Yeah, right. My beloved, beloved dog Finbar. I lost him last year. I'm so and sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Um, dogs. Oh my gosh. We lost our, our family puppy December 8th, 2022. So I very much understand. Oh, you know, yeah. 2021. So I, sorry. Yeah. 2021. I'm yeah. coming up on the anniversary in May. It's and awful. It's, it's awful. And I want one so bad, but I thought, no, I need to, I need to explore and, mm -hmm, and yeah. be me. So give yourself freedom. Yeah. Give myself freedom. So I just want to, um, ramp up my speaking again, hopefully write another book and just keep on doing the consulting that I'm doing. I absolutely love it. I love my job. So I'm really excited about the next phase I of my life. That. I love that. Yeah. Well, we're excited to watch you. So yeah. if somebody's going through a fresh start in their life, what would be some general wisdom that you could impart to them? Oh gosh, I have, I have so much, I have so much. It depends on, you know, what this fresh start is mm -hmm. and, and the circumstance um, around mm -hmm. it. I know mm -hmm. for a lot of people, someone who's not in a power position in a relationship that goes sideways, um, don't, you know, it's time to write your new story for yourself. And, and sometimes the people you're closest to aren't necessarily the ones who see exactly who you are, you know, they, mm. they might not be your source, source of strength. I have found through divorce, it's the ancillary people, the people who I haven't seen in a long time, yeah. the people way from my past, yeah. all of a sudden come in and they're my biggest champions. They're yes. the ones calling, you know, a longtime friend of mine, when he leaves work, he has a long, you know, ride back to Cape Cod. He's calling me. And it's like those friends are just, it's that. so wonderful how you, um, how you just branch out. Yeah. And I'd say for myself is I had to find the old Molly, not the Molly who got married, Molly, but the Molly before that, like yeah. the Molly who applied to the FBI. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's who I picture myself. I mean, I'm a lot older than that one, but that's who I'm trying to reclaim. So yeah. reclaim who you were when you were at your strongest, yeah. your fiercest, and that becomes the person you want to be. And I think it really does get you through a lot. 
I and love that, that involves Bruce Springsteen for you too. Yeah, well, back then, not as much. I was definitely more than, oh, this is what I'll say. It was, I, I'm also going through my college rock alt phase. I know, love the 80s and 90s, yep. going to all the concerts. So that's where I'm reclaiming it, Jenny. So thank you for mentioning that. Yes. I, he, I was amazed. Um, He sold out, uh, my fiance lives in Edinburgh and he sold out in Edinburgh. And I was like, there's that many Bruce Springsteen fans there. Oh like, my gosh. I was going to send yes. him. I was going to be like, here, I got you a ticket, but you can't get tickets. He's so oh, it's, popular. Oh, oh, he's so popular. And I had heart palpitations trying to get tickets, but yeah, <laughs> I, I just went, uh, Two weeks ago, I think in Boston, and then I'm going again. Oh my god, I love um, that! Yeah. Sure, he was amazing. Was I love fun. that. I love you. You said perfectly what I've been feeling for a long time. Mm -hmm. As you go back to like, for me, it's like 15 year old Olivia, right, yeah. sitting on the floor listening to 70s music and thinking I'm, you know, going to be friends with Carly Simon. You know, like <laughs> oh, I just love that. Uh, yeah. You know, I and I, I think it's the same thing. And I had the same experience. I have my childhood friends who came back in and kind of helped pick up the pieces and yeah. you know supported me. So I love that you. What you said, I feel. 100%. So last question, and it's the hardest question, Molly. What was the last thing that you ate and truly loved? See, this is a guilty pleasure answer. <laughs> and it happens every single year at this time uh, where March comes in, you're starting to shed a little of that winter weight, mm -hmm. but then Easter is on the horizon and those Cadbury eggs- I knew that that was coming. Are coming out. And I love a Cadbury yeah. egg where you can just chew the shell a little and then you have the chocolate. And if you mix that with Reddit, and so that's my problem. So last night, you know, it's 11 o'clock, the most dangerous cocktail of Cadbury eggs and Reddit. So, so but funny. it can't take away that it's absolutely delectable. It's so perfect. It's a perfect dish. Well, Molly, we're just so honored that you took the time to chat with us today. Thank you for sharing everything. You are a powerhouse, fierce, mm -hmm. amazing human who is out there changing the world. And we're just really honored to chat with you and have you in our orbit. Oh, thank you. I was looking forward to talking to you too, as well, because it is like a therapy session. And because <laughs> when you talk to people who get it, yeah. oh, there's nothing more special than that. And this was special. So thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for listening to today's story. We're always here and we're proud of you. A Fresh Story is produced by Fresh Starts Registry, the first and only platform for everything you need to begin again. You can read the show notes and learn more about today's episode at afreshstory.com. As always, we want to remind our listeners that while we strive to provide accurate and helpful information, we are not medical doctors or mental health professionals. We want to remind you all that the information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for professional advice. We highly recommend consulting a qualified healthcare or mental health professional for any concerns or questions you may have. Remember, we are a podcast, but we are not licensed medical professionals. Always consult with your healthcare provider for any medical decisions. And as a gentle reminder, all opinions are our guests and do not necessarily reflect our own.